that the best Ernest movie? Ernest um, goes to camp was the best. Yeah, I think that's Ernest, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. 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 didn't he die like, a, lot of a while ago? He's probably. Not I think so. Um, yeah, he's dead. Hello, comrades. Welcome to the 55-1 podcast. I am Wes Berdine, and uh, I am the captain on this journey, joined by my first mate, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria, by the uh, the XO, uh, Corey Schreppel, and by Chief Scientific Officer, uh, Mark Fangmeyer. I think the XO and the, the first mate are actually the same thing. So, Corey, what, what are you going to do, Navigator? I mean, do they do they do like podcast production on starships? It's the future. Why wouldn't they be podcasts? I mean, podcasts? that's basically like wait, I'm wait. the guy. I'm the guy recording the captain's log. Wait, no, wait, wait. What what starship are we on? Uh, I don't know. Are the starship? Are we on Discovery or are we on Enterprise? This is no. We're guys. on. We're, guys, it's, we're, we're part of the canon. We're, so we're part of the canon. Who said that this is Star Trek? I don't get how we got. We assumed that that you just made the assumption. It could that be this an actual. It could be an actual ship. Okay, like okay. I know where we are. We are on Jefferson. We're in that ship on Starship Troopers. That's where we're at. No, we're on Jefferson Starship, guys. And I'm gonna lead us, lead us into the future here. All right, you built this city. <laughs> Okay, um, we don't have uh, much to talk about, so it's going to be about two hours of just uh, bullshit riffing on literally nothing. So welcome, uh, strap yourselves in. Uh, this episode's brought to you by one of our patrons, Cristiano, who got my wife a last-minute vaccination, thus proving 55.1 Slack is the greatest place on the planet. You, too, can be a patron and support us and then get us vaccines. That's That's how... That's, that's how, how it works. That's how things work in uh, in this country. Anyway, thank you, Cristiano. You are great. Uh, he, I met him for the first time the other day at uh, Cloud City Lunch Club. Um, uh, and he showed up when we had uh, our special guest, uh, Dr. Bill, who just also randomly showed up with the, with the uh, Jimmy John's. <laughs> Did we talk about oh, that? He on eats the, Jimmy John's. What kind of Jimmy John's? What what number does he get? I, oh, you know what? I missed the opportunity to add, when I, I do I, the I next. I tried to spy it. When I do the I next like interview, please, well, I'm going to have to go through you guys to get the, the questions. Please remind me to ask me ask him what Jimmy John's number he is. Uh, that's which that's one is a tuna one? The important is that a nine? I think it's a. I, I, I haven't been to Jimmy guy. John's since college because I'm not. Anyway, just I'm kidding. That's a a, a hoagie uh, judgment. Oh, totally, tuna is a is a number three. By the way. <laughs> Oh, is that what it is? A three? Yeah, I, a no, three. I keep thinking yeah, of right. uh, Herberts and Gerberts. I'm a, I'm a number 10 Hunters Club, the double oh, meat. Oh, right. That's, I'm that's a number 12 Beach Club, baby. We've got <laughs> some international re- <laughs> I just don't eat Jimmy John's because, you know, the owner likes to hunt animals and stuff. So, yeah. I don't eat it because it's bad food, guys. But it's so fast. <laughs> it's so um, fast. All right. Uh, we're, before we get to the extensive Minnesota United news, we've got one Jope watch uh, coming to an end, a good end. Um, we've got Bore watch. Um, so, and then we've got like uh, other things to talk about. The schedule is out. Before that, it was a big international week. Now that we've got these international weeks like crammed with three games, uh, they've just everything is going on. 
Um, I want to do a quick fire around around the world. Um, uh, Mark Fangmeyer, what, what what stuck out to you about uh, the internationals this last week, week and a half? Um, I mean, I mostly watched the um, U.S. I, not just the U.S., but the Olympic qualifying for uh, Concacaf. Uh, the, but the U.S. was from, Corey's thing, by the way, Mark. I know we that's talked about what said, your thing that. is. That's why I but threw the to one you thing first. That I, that I did watch was I watched um, Slovakia play Malta in World Cup qualifying, mm-hmm. and uh, Johnny Grey Goose. And yeah, and I think Slovakia is like you know thirty something in the world, and Malta is like hundred seventieth something in the world. And um, nineteen minutes in, Malta was up two nothing, and it would have been their biggest soccer win in the history of their country. But um, Slovakia kind of came out of the gates storming in the second half and put in uh, two quick goals in like the first like 10 minutes of the second half. But then Malta hung on for a 2-2 draw. So Yeah, but and, um, our, our boy Johnny Gregus got an assist in that game. He did, and he played the whole the full 90? Um, yeah, we had a couple of rando weird freak results of uh, Ireland getting beaten by um, Fred Emmings' uh, uh nation luxembourg um i watched the norway turkey game where turkey beat the crap out of norway and there's a a guy we know jens who's from norway who came to the bar to watch that he was um, weirdly not happy about it um uh cory you watched yeah, a bunch of the um, U.S. You wanted to talk about the U.S., so I guess we have to yeah. talk about them. I mean, we all want to talk I about I actually the US. watched all these games, which is very, so very rare. Usually yeah. I just, like, don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, so Sunday, uh, we're, we're taping on a Monday night. So Sunday, yesterday was the, um, the double uh, men's um, extravaganza. Uh, senior team played first up in, in Belfast, Northern Ireland. 2-1 win. Um it was nice to see like a lot of those are our big international players. Um, interesting setup. Uh, looked like it was a three, three center backs, three, six, one ish uh, formation. Um, Greg Burhalter was saying that they wanted to get um, Christian Pulisic and Giovanni Reina running at the back line. And that seemed to work. Um, Reina just kept shooting and had a sick deflection and had a great goal. Christian Pulisic, uh, got a PK. Um, nothing particularly useful or interesting there. It was, it was kind of cool to see uh, um, Serginio Dest uh, pushed up as a right wing back instead of a right back. We had Yunus um, Musa out there who would, uh, you know, hadn't, yeah, he, hadn't he played was, for us was, since he kind of officially he, committed. He was great. And, and yeah, after four caps, he's officially committed to the U.S. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see him and Weston McKenney in the midfield. Yeah. Um, at some point, I think that's going to look really, really great. Um, you know, it was, it's a friendly, I don't put too much stock in it, but it looked like they were having fun. And, uh, that was about that. On the other hand, the youth men's national team was in the semifinal winning you're in for the Tokyo Olympics, um, lose and you are done. They lost two one, um, gave up a goal, right? Like a really messy set piece goal. Um, or it wasn't a set piece. I think it was like a recirculated set piece. Um, really messy goal right before the half. And then uh, Ochoa had a like just an awful, awful howler, um, like 90 seconds into the second half. Um, Jackson Ewell kicked, pulled he one kicked back. kicked the ball right into um, Mark McGrath right into. from Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Luis Amaria was, was playing for Honduras. 
and uh so weird no um yeah and it just it it looked like a fairly uninspired performance the whole team looked ragged i mean Except it was like jackson super Ewell. hot jackson you got that Jack- screamer jackson. and then spent yeah. the entire second half just running his ass off running everywhere looking like the only one who knew who how to a shit about the game team. yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I mean, say they they didn't give a shit but the only one who knew how to get the energy moving and uh boy and and uh, like i saw a couple of good points on twitter where it's like you can tell the players that have had the pressure from their club teams in big games and jackson yule is one of them um you know jonathan lewis did not look great he had a couple of chances that could have tied things up um dotson who was kind of the hottest player in the group stage for us you could argue um had an ankle injury didn't look fully fit probably shouldn't have played as often as he did um, or should have been a, a an impact sub off the bench or something. But um, it sucks. It's just, you know, nature is healing. The U.S. men's team fails to qualify for an international tournament. But um, I guess I'm my, my only... My own, yeah, go ahead. My only take on it is that um, I used to, obviously, lots of us used to have a lot of great things to say about Jason Christ, but playing... Uh, you know, Jordi Mihailovic started on the wing. He was a, a central midfielder playing a game with four central midfielders all in random spots. Um, was 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 a choice, and uh, weirdly enough, it did not produce creativity. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a bummer. It's it's one of those things that you know. I think we mentioned it. You know, before, as we were ramping up to the pod, it's just you know it was a chance to grow the sport in the U S and it's another missed opportunity. I mean, to be fair, the, the best uh, women's team in the world will still be at the Olympics and we will go and win gold with our um, national treasure women's team. Yep. Senator Megan Rapino. Yeah. It's just too bad though. Cause like during the Olympics, Everyone in the U.S., regardless of like whether or not they've ever watched a sport, becomes a huge fan of that sport for that period. Like everyone becomes a gymnastics expert, and everyone becomes a swimming expert and a ping pong expert, and like they just want to see the U.S. do well. And I think that's where the real missed opportunity is. Is not. I mean, all the like soccer geeks are like, oh, this tournament doesn't really matter anyways. No one sends their best teams for the Olympics. But it's an opportunity in the U.S. specifically where you're getting eyeballs on it, even if it's you know a 3 a.m. Tokyo game or whatever. It's still something, which is it's just too bad we're not going to be there. Yep. But but um, Corey said we are, so we're just going to watch the women as we usually do. Right. It's too bad the so. men aren't going to be there. The women yeah, are still okay. going to dominate and probably win a gold. Yeah. No. I, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, the Northern Ireland game. I thought. Out of the three goals, the Northern Ireland goal was probably the best goal. A squealmer volley off of literally out of nowhere and just sack Stefan looked like a Muppet. Oh no, he looked like one of those uh those those like stuffed animals you like kind of get sticky on your car window as he was flying. Was like, he just, <laughs> or like the the inflatable guys that are outside. <laughs> that's of right, yeah, exactly. It was one of those. It was like, wow, I was like, that's probably the best goal. It was the first time I think it was uh, a great goal. It was the first time I think uh, the United States had won at Northern Ireland too. I don't think they've like question. played there since like 1938 or something like that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. their first win against a European team in a while. Yeah, it was like 2000, 
five, something like that. It, it, it's been it's been a long time since they beat a European team. Oh, you're, yeah. I, on European on, soil, on, like uh, and away on European match. soil. Yeah, yeah. It was at their homeland. Oh. Okay, all right, all right. I'll I'll accept that. All right, Rodrigo, uh, what do you want to talk about? Can we talk about Peru? Because why are they? They've got one point from four games. Um, I'm just going to blame Comebol okay. and uh, the fact that Comebol can't do anything right. And, you know, they're thinking about doing Copa America in two different countries. And I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, anyways, they're, just, they're, they're really, they're, they're really, I mean, they're really bad. You know, Comebol is horrible. Uh, but in other news, it looks like uh, Norberto Solana, who is the assistant coach of Ricardo Gareca and former um Newcastle United star um, broke lockdown protocols in Peru, which could either mean that he went out after lockdown hours, which is more than likely what he did, and then just got caught doing something. Hopefully, he's drinking because that's just the typical Peruvian thing to do, which is go out drinking <laughs> and get caught. If you're if you're associated with Peruvian, uh, any type of Peruvian sport, that's usually what happens, right? Uh, and so it it. Now the talk is the fact that they might actually can him and Juan Reynoso, who is the former player of Cruz Azul uh, uh, in in Mexico, who is actually, I think, the, the coach of Puebla is the name that people are circulating for it. And that makes me sad because I'm a big, big Norberto Solano fan. And so I'm hoping, you know, that things are... Um, the things will be on the up. I mean, we won't have qualifiers until June, I think, because Comebol canceled everything coming up because, you know, there's COVID. And then you have politicians in certain countries like Peru who say they're going to opt out for a trial. And before they get kicked out of Congress, they actually, the trial ends up being, you know, getting the vaccine before everyone else in Peru. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Screw Comebol. Okay. Yeah. So, but Peru are still bad right now. Are they going to qualify? Um, yeah, we're going to qualify. I mean, <laughs> we just got. Uh, I mean, we just we just got. Um, we just we just got to get Guerrero back in back in some sort of shape, and then we got to make sure that uh, that we don't have any any follow up issues with Chile, just because they always like to like to stick it to people. So. All right. No, but speaking of the qualifying, though, I think Canada is really pushing for that September Allianz Field. Uh, match because they beat the Cayman Islands today 11 nothing. Yeah. Oh, with, would they have 43 shots? Uh, yeah, it the... was ridiculous. <laughs> All right. They beat Bermuda earlier 5 1 last week or the last week. So, the, uh, did, you, did you see that Cuba and Puerto Rico tied 1 1? No. In I'd what? like to see what if Canada gets to play either of those teams. That'd be interesting. Um, so. What I wanted to bring up with was uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal playing Serbia. Um, it was 2-2. I think Serbia were down to 10 men. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo gets the, takes a shot, gets the hit that shot cleared off the line by the defender. It went over. But because there's no goal line technology, Ronaldo was sad. It was called a no goal. And then the referee apparently apologized later. But um, anytime Cristiano Ronaldo is sad, I'm a happy person. So, congratulations, Serbia. 
He just he just harumphed and threw down his captain's armband. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Beautiful. He showed walked, his guns and then threw his uh, captain's arm. Walked right into his pile of cash. Pulled up his pulled up his shorts. So we all all saw his quads. Um, let's see. Um, anything anything else we want to hit? Uh, Christian Press scored in uh, Man U's first win. The the you tell me this story. Yeah. So. Uh, that uh, you had the um, the FA Women's Super League, I think it is. Um, Kristen Press, our queen and savior, is on Man United's women team. They haven't played, they haven't won at Old Trafford, and they because they don't get to play there that often. Um, so this weekend they played there, and uh, Kristen Press had a had a really great goal in the box, um, just a rocket to the to the to the upper underside of the um, of the net. It's just great to see. Some of our most talented American women just absolutely destroying bodies um, overseas. It's it's really great to see. And um, uh, Kristen, was it not Kristen Mewis? Sam Mewis rated ESPN's number one uh, woman uh, female player of the year in ESPN's top fifty. So Sam Mewis that actually surprised okay. me. Sam Mewis mm-hmm. surprised me, and it was like I was like, no, she rocks. It's great. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's Rose Lavelle, yeah. but um, <laughs> Rose Lavelle was way down the list. Um, MLS uh, announced that what 2021 League's Cup was going to look like. We thought that Minnesota was going to be in it, but Mark, that's not going to happen. No, originally, um, League's Cup was scheduled to be um, a 16 team tournament, meaning that there would be eight MLS cl- t- clubs and eight uh, League MX clubs. But uh, they didn't. They never said why. I assume it would be that they were, you know, seasons a month and a half shorter, just trying to squeeze in a full thirty-four match season. Uh, cut it down to eight teams instead of sixteen, which means that only the top uh, two non-CCL clubs from MLS from each uh, conference got in, and that we meant Minnesota United did not. So, but I'm actually kind of okay with it because. With all of this stuff going on and all of the like international breaks and how short we are going to be, U.S. Open Cup is really the only thing I care about qualifying for and the only tournament that I care about Minnesota United being in besides um, the regular season. So I'm kind of okay with it. I'm really looking forward to those games eventually, but because um, I'd, I'd love to go travel to a, a game in Pueblo or something like that or Monterrey. Um, but it's not going to happen this year, so now I don't care. Um, I will say that the Open Cup, we also know, I think this came out before. I think we've talked about it on this podcast, right? But we know that... Yeah. It just. I think MLS announced it officially like okay. today or yesterday. Open Cup qualification is going to be based on the records of uh, the from the first three games. In the first three games, we're going to get to this uh, for real in, in the next segment, but the first three games are um, Seattle... Real Salt Lake and crap, help me out, guys. Austin. Austin, yeah, which are, you know, two of those games are extremely winnable. Um, home to Real Salt Lake and home to Austin FC. I would uh, like, I will be mad if we don't get six points from those. So and early se- and er- historically early season Seattle is not that great for Seattle. Exactly. Screw them. All right, let's take a break. We will come back and we will hit the Minnesota United stuff in earnest. 
Here we are back on the 55-1 podcast. It is Minnesota United time. It's always Minnesota United time. Hey, that preseason that no one cares about because it's not available at all to us, apparently it started. Um, we won 9 nothing, um, which I'm pretty sure is just made up. They were like, hey, um, we got to tell them something. We got to tweet something. What, what, what's the score? I don't know. 2 nothing. Oh, it's boring. Three? No, fuck it. Just keep keep going. And they're like, nine. Yep. They won't nine. believe ten. And, and Ozzy took a penalty kick. Yeah. So let's just make it not believable. Nine nothing against the uh, Charleston Battery. Um, the game didn't happen. It's just a whenever, a whenever I read their Twitter handle, which is C H A S Battery, I just always Chaz. call him Chaz Battery. <laughs> I'm like that's their that's their mascot. Damn. Chaz Battery. It's just Chaz a guy Battery. with cargo shorts and a really like. Ratty Menards t shirt. Yeah, it's it's that lawnmower um Chaz, you know, the one yeah. with the lawnmower tans of the eye socks, the white new balances yep. that are stained green. Yeah, I yeah, recently yeah. discovered yep. Pay Dirt Pete, who is the mascot of the UT El Paso, uh, the uh, basically the school. Um, if you go Google Pay Dirt Pete, there's a a photo in the Google image search of uh of him on like a couch in a green room, given like a, and he looks like, uh, who am I thinking of? Bert Reynolds. Bert Reynolds. Jesus, sorry. Bert Reynolds on like a bearskin rug. He looks thing? like Bert Reynolds was tapped to do like a, um, a, a Breaking Bad sequel or something like that. Like they were like, oh, well, let's do another Breaking Bad, but this time with Bert Reynolds. But we'll make, instead of making Bert Reynolds, it's going to be, a mascot of Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds will be the actor who is in the mascot suit. Anyway, he looks like he's waiting. He's waiting to hear about a Coke deal or something like that. So go check out pay dirt Pete, everyone. Um, yep. <laughs> on that note, it, he does look like Burt Reynolds. He though. does. <laughs> he looks like Burt Reynolds. Does not go well, Burt Reynolds is like world. waiting in a, in the waiting room of a, of a brothel or something like that. All right. Um, the MLS schedule was announced. Uh, there's a lot to go through here, but first of all, I've got a couple questions here. Where are we weekending? What's what stands out uh, overall, and um, what's what's your favorite matchups? See here. Uh, for me, it is going to be on um, August seventh, which may finally be the triumphant return of Christian Ramirez to Minnesota. He is, might finally get to play here. He's getting traded. It might happen. He will get you traded before before that happens. He'll get traded to Austin, who will already have played all their games in Minnesota. <laughs> probably true. It's get it, whatever it is. Whatever, uh, like basically, Christian did something to Doctor Bill. I don't know what it is. And Doctor Bill's like, look, I only have one thing. He he like. Uh, He's got one thing as an owner that he can like force MLS to do, and it's like Chris, Christian's never playing here again. No, and also the match is on October seventh, which I believe. No, don't quote me on this, but I know the um, the transfer window uh, ends the first week of August. I think it's on August fifth, two days before this match. So that could very well happen. Like the very last day of the transfer deadline, all of a sudden Christian Ramirez gets transferred somewhere and. He won't make Italian's field. Can so, Corey? Can you write that down somewhere that we are predicting that that will happen so that we remember? 
Yeah, yeah, we can. We could just. We make a lot of predictions on this podcast, but yeah. I need that one yeah. uh, preserved. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Um, uh, <laughs> Rodrigo, Corey, do you have, do you guys have any any dates that stand out here that you're excited about? Jesus Christ, guys! I mean, you had the entire time <laughs> when I previously asked the question, and then I went to Mark, and then you could have thought of something, or you could have read the notes before. Yeah, what I mean, notes? no, uh, I'm I I'm actually really looking forward to like um, we're, we only have two interconference matches this this regular season, so we're playing all of our Western Conference teams. Um, Three times, mostly two for a couple of teams. Um, I'm particularly looking forward to a late season matchup against Philadelphia Union. Um, I think we'll have a really good sense of where Minnesota is stacking up against Western Conference teams. We will have played against, um, you know, try to get those six point matches where we are taking points off of Kansas City and and, and whoever else that we're going to be up, you know, in that. I definitely think we'll probably be top six. I hope we're top four again. Um, I think that's where we're trending, but I would love to see how we're going to stack up against um, an Eastern conference team, especially someone that has the pedigree and the, and the skill that Philadelphia has. It'll give us a little bit of a more realistic idea of what we might be up against as we get deeper into the playoffs, potentially going up against somebody like the crew or the union in an MLS cup final, if we get that far. And it's, I, I always like those interconference matches and the Philadelphia union has a killer social media presence. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm mostly just interested on, and you know, when we get to play Dallas, cause then I get to see my, uh, my stepdad. And so that's going to be a family reunion worth, worth waiting. So he's coming up for it. Yeah, well, um, he comes, he, he no, comes to visit in May. Yeah. I was thinking like June. I think that 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 time in June where we like I'm talking about the FC Dallas game, um, June the Austin game, Portland, yeah. and I just want to see how we do against Portland, San Jose, and Colorado. Like those five six games is one of the things that I'm want to see how we are by then. Specifically, if uh, the rumors of uh, Juan Chope is that he's in he's in he's in route here, so it would be interesting by then to know if. We are going to be making window purchases, or we are going to be triggering um, clauses in contracts of four and a half million dollars or something. Like that. So, so um, yeah, no. oh no, I was also going to say going back to like that, like th- that June stretch that's going to be ha- taking place during the Euros is also going to be very interesting for us, just because we're going to be missing Gregus, Lude, and Yuka. So it's going to be really interesting when we play. You know. At Dallas, and we're missing all three of those guys. Oh. The thing too about that is just that um, the lineup that they had against uh, Charleston Battery was it was kind of like a foreshadowing of what the lineup that that lineup could be doing that the stretch of of Euros and and players being away for international duty. So the matchups I'm I'm looking forward to are um, LAFC come here in. Uh, October 23rd, there was such a large, I don't think that they'll come uh, that deep uh, again, but that, that group of fans who came were such a blast. Um, So much so that um, I'm thinking about 
in in July. There's a uh, oh, it's a Wednesday. God darn it! Maybe I'll do a Wednesday. I don't know. I'm thinking about going uh, out to LAFC away. I, I am going to do a, at least one trip. I've, I've got a Mingo trip that I'm going to do, but um, I've got lots of trips just saved up. And since I can't go to Europe, uh, I'm just going to just go see a few of these away. DC United away should be fun. That's our only East Coast away game. Um, but overall, if we, if we think about what, what's happening in in this schedule, I think one thing that really encourages me is that it's really favorable to us. Um, in the the first, um, well, three games we talked about, we played the Seattle Sounders, who finished second, but they start, you know, they won't have Jordan Morris. They, they might be in a little disarray. Rail Salt Lake, they finished 11th. Austin FC are an expansion team. Colorado Rapids f- finished fifth. Uh, they're, who knows where they'll be. The Vancouver Whitecaps are a disaster. Uh, FC Dallas are good. Rail Salt Lake again. Um, that's a pretty good matchup. If we think about which teams we play, most we don't play all of the Western teams three times, um, which is weird to me. I, I thought that, that was how it went. But um, but basically, the teams that we do play three times tend to be the crappier teams. Uh, you know, we're playing the the two two teams we play from the East Coast. One is the was the best team. One was the second worst team on in the East. And um, I, I just I look at it. We don't really hit a stretch of hard games until much later in the season when we start playing the Portland Timbers. We, you know, we, like that 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 stretch at the end of June, starting at that first away away match on the twenty sixth against Portland. It's Portland, San Jose, Colorado, but then Seattle, Portland, LAFC, and it's like mm-hmm. that's a that, that's a month long stretch of some rough matches with potentially some um, some booby traps in there with, with right. San Jose and Colorado. And also interesting about that stretch too, at least starting with the uh, Seattle, Portland, LAFC, and then Vancouver, is that that takes place during the Gold Cup. So teams that have much more of a U.S. national team presence on their roster than we do, because, I mean, Dotson is really the only potential player that we would lose for gold. I mean, except for Dane St. Clair. Um uh, but Dotson's the only one we potentially lose to the U.S. national team, and I don't even. But know we might lose. Uh, yeah, but if we lose Dotson to the U.S. and and Dane to Canada for the Gold Cup, that could be bad. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, but, but this is why we have Tyler Miller and 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 no, yeah. We, yeah, and actually, our Corey, two things to write down for predictions. Um, also, is that the um, Gold Cup. Ends. I think the, the Gold Cup finals are August first. So again, the transfer deadline is August fifth. So we can keep Miller to uh, through like July, and then once Dane comes back, that's when we can sell him off. And so we'll transfer him out too. I mean, that's a good thing that we should do. Not necessarily a prediction that we'll do, but yeah. maybe they'll be as smart as you, Mark Fangmeyer. You know, since I put it out in the world, it's never going to happen. Yep. Uh, all right. Any uh, any other looks at that? Um, you know, we we finish the the end of the season is where we start playing. You know, the end is pretty brutal with Philadelphia Union, LAFC, both are at home at least, and then uh, away to Vancouver Whitecaps midweek, and then home to Sporting Kansas City, away to LA Galaxy. You know, it's hard to tell how good these teams will be, the the opposition, but the the end definitely does not look as as easy. 
but um yeah yeah. we don't get to play chicago so i'm kind of bummed about that so i like i like i like i like seeing how frankie does against us just i don't know but i i I think there's some games that are going to be you're calling calvo frankie now well yeah we call him we call him frankie just like on that um yeah frankie you know okay all right hey that's cool i forgot that yeah so i mean i I think overall i think it all depends on 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 how we are by i want to say that 614 game that that away game at dallas all the away games to the first five games are against seattle and colorado right and we don't always do the greatest away in colorado so so that might be um we don't have Mig- Miguel so. to get red cards anymore, or Harrison Heath against Colorado. So now, now it's a pretty tame matchup. Oh man, Fred Emmons is going to come off the bench. Oh, so I mean, I, I, I think John Gregory, if anyone's waiting to get a red card, that's probably the person that's going to get a red yeah. card. So because he never gets really red cards, even though if you remember when like we were scouting him, people were saying like. Every three or four games, he's going to get a red card. And I think he's only gotten one so far in mm-hmm. his tenure with us. So, so um, also news about what, how tickets are going to work for these, the home games that we do have. Uh, Corey, do you want to, you want to take us through that? Explain those. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just walk through the bullet points on that. So basically we find, we find out that um, they're not opening up. The stadium at full capacity. We talked about what the percentages are. Roughly five thousand fans, maybe a little, maybe a little bit less than that, depending on how it all shakes out. But um, basically, we found out that tickets will go on sale um, Tuesday, April sixth at ten a.m. Central. Um, it's going to be the illustrious Illuminati Itasca Society um, who will get first crack at it. And Wes, we talked about it. Um, you know, earlier we don't think it's going to be staggered based on seniority. We think it's just going to be an open window. Yeah, and, it seems like um, it's just like at 10 a.m. Just 10 a.m. Refresh, be ready refresh, to go refresh. And, and, and get those Taylor sure Swift tickets because it goes isn't like from 10 until like two or three for Itasca. So why do you if you're having mm. just a free for all? Why do you need a five hour free? I don't know. Maybe well, maybe more info coming as of as of this taping. We haven't gotten any communication that tells us otherwise. So I'm just assuming it's going to be an open window. Um, basically what'll happen though, is it's a four match, four match, uh, home match package. Each account holder will be able to get up to six tickets in groupings of two, four or six. So do your maths. Um, and basically the, the biggest question that I'm seeing a lot on Twitter and in the Patreon Slack is what, what does that mean for season ticket holders who have already paid up? And basically it's going to mean, um, whatever you've paid is now an account balance that you can use toward this four match package or any season uh, single match tickets eventually that will, will pop up for this. Um, so you don't have to fork out anything else right now if you're able to get those tickets. But then when they do eventually move to full capacity, hopefully later in the season, hopefully halfway through, um, you'll just be re-upped. You'll get your ticket. You'll you're, get your regular seats back. If there's not enough cash in your balance, they'll just um, kick open those uh, those monthly payments again. Um, those auto payments, all that will be communicated. Um, so it's not the best situation. I think a lottery would, would be kind of cool or a staggered match approach, but 
with figuring out seating arrangements and knowing who's going to sit where. Um, I think this is probably the the best compromise that you can get. The biggest thing is it's, it's what's going to suck for a lot of fans is if you're splitting season tickets with friends and you normally divvy up those 17, 18 matches, that's going to be a little tricky. Um, but that's, that's on, on, on each of us to, to kind of figure that out. But um, the big thing that we found out is that when you buy your match tickets, it will be those seats for all four matches. So you pick your seats. That's going to be consistent. So, yeah, it's, it's none of it's ideal. Um, You know, actually I was thinking about this and I'm pretty sure that when Dr. Bill came to our cloud city lunch club, I know I asked him if, if my bet with uh, David Zeller was, was bad. Like if I was going to lose that bet, the one that said that we'll have full capacity by September 1st, I uh, now forget what he said to me, but I'm pretty sure he said it wasn't a bad bet. So we'll see David Zeller. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see us at, at full capacity. Cause I, I, I don't see how we go from 25 to even 50 while maintaining six feet uh, between pods. And then once you're at 75, just go to, go to a hundred. Like what, what's the, like your concourses are already going to be yeah. jammed. So, and I think that's the, the main reasoning for keeping it, um, less than a hundred percent capacity or less than 50% is, is keeping that. Um, all Just together. imagine how long the bathroom lines are going to be when everyone's six feet apart. Um, oh hope they give you your own pee bag. <laughs> give you your own. That's what the, that's what the clear plastic bag. I'm, a, is I'm, a ca- I'm just going to yep. catheter myself. Yep. All right. Let's, let's finish this on the, on the watch, watch talk. Um, who's watching the watches. It's Mark Fangmeyer. What do you got for us? Oh, we got somebody. We got. Uh, we had to do, we, roll the Ghostbusters. We got one. We kind of broke it on the podcast last week, sort of, in that we read a tweet um, while we were recording, and then we released the podcast a day later. Um, anyways, we got him. Uh, you know, we got a striker coming in. He's thirty-one. Hopefully, he doesn't play too much for us because if he does, we owe them four point five million dollars for the guy. So. Um, uh, you know, hey, we, we have a striker who, um, I mean, technically he's uh coming in at 31, he is younger than our previous starting striker who was like, what, how, how old was Kai, like 35 or 36? Um, let's just say he was, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, he's, he, so I mean, he was of age. This, it's funny that like bringing in a 31 year old striker is going to improve our, our like age of our roster, which is. It's humorous to me, at least. Um, but yeah, no, he's. We got the guy from Boca. Uh, we'll come in. Hopefully, this means uh, the the final was that. Um, yeah, he is coming on. We are paying um, no fees to them for the loan to Boca Juniors. We are just paying his salary, which the only kind of credible number I was able to find was about nine hundred thousand dollars, or no, maybe eight hundred thousand dollars, and it was eight hundred thousand dollars was what his salary is. So that would be just slightly under, you would need 200, just a little under $200,000 in GAM or, or TAM, no TAM to bring him down to like, you know, whatever we need to do for roster compliancy. Um, and then, yeah, we basically have him through the year and hopefully he doesn't meet his number of games played because if he does, then we have to pay 
$500,000 less for him than we did for Reynosa. And that would be a that very would be bad, bad. So be let's not weird. do that. Um, so yeah, so basically just see it as a, and then maybe it opens up so that we can actually bring in a kind of, a, you know, 25, 26, 27, maybe from France. Um, striker. <laughs> who knew Watch who, is never is not dead. So who um, you know coming in and I mean, like like I've said multiple times, like the um, transfer window ends the first week of August, so that seems like a perfect time to bring him in. And um, by then, we'll know exactly how much we can play our Boca guy, and we'll be all set. Can we can we call ourselves Boca Senior now? Just like taking <laughs> all the old guys. <laughs> Um, try that. Call the Boca see what Senior they, affiliate. Please. See what they say. I mean, at this point, like Boca, like it's nice that we've moved from like forward Madison to Boca Juniors. Yeah, and we can actually watch them if you have the Paramount net, streaming network. You can actually watch the Argentine league. I think is one of the things that they picked up, so that should be interesting. Oh man, I gotta find someone with a login so I can trade logins and get into that. Just join our Slack channel, and <laughs> we will have it. Oh, we have we'll have uh, ways of doing things that are Slack channel. Yeah, you know, that's the way we do things. Uh, okay. I mean, it's exciting news, right? I mean, we get a forward. I mean, like, this was less drama than it was when it was Reynoso, to be honest with you, right? Well, Reynoso was a much bigger deal, right? Reynoso was a huge capture. It took ages to to finally finish it. But yeah, look, I, I've gotten to the point where um, I'm not going to get excited about Minnesota strikers until... Until it actually happens, right? I was ready to to literally put, start spray painting the side of the bar and notching how many goals Luis Maria got, and then the pandemic. Hit. Then, yeah, well, if one, mean, if Juan Jove shows up and he promises goals and then he starts scoring those goals, I might be considered. But I, right now, it's just like I don't know, man. He might be good. <laughs> he might be like he might play six games for us and then get injured and die. Right. I, I think the way this is going to go is like no one's people are gonna, the administration is going to forget about his contract and anything else his clauses. So he'll play regularly until like that June June stretch where we really need folks and we're like, oh, we can't play him or else he's going to go over his minutes and he won't, he won't see him for the rest of the season. I'm sorry. I mean, did you say, did, Mark, did you say that for sure you know there is a. It was reported and like, I don't know. I mean, of course. No one from I mean, well, no one from Minnesota has said a thing about him, but uh, I did see it reported that there were reported um, or some, randomly tweeted and speculated. No, it was like a legitimate, okay. like just just checking, like Argentinian reporter who has like a million some followers and like said that the details of the tr- loan were this, and it said if they um, hit a certain uh, number of games. Then Minnesota will be is obligated to purchase his contract for four point five million dollars. So, in other words, you have not been stalking Seth Reporter's Instagram account. Then is that to verify all this other stuff? I'm, I'm too old for Instagram. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, yeah, come no. on now. What's, Here's do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. What's, what's Juan Chope's sister up to? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I, God, I miss those days. So Should we much. move to Bore Watch? No, but one thing here's okay. my one thing is why I'm excited about him is that this may be the th- the death nail of Dom Dwyer coming to Minnesota. So that, I think that is the most exciting part about this him coming to Minnesota. Until I until I see a body, I will never believe he's not coming. Um, all right, 
Let's do Bore Watch and uh, and finish up there. Um, Bore is going to Brazil. Uh, he agreed to a five year deal with uh, is it Gremio? Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, Gremio. There we go. It's actually Gremio. Yeah, Gremio. Uh, he's going there. Um, I forget the total amount. I actually thought it was less than what Palermo offered him, but um, five year deal. It's a long, long yeah, it was a five year deal. But I thought the other Palermo. Anyways, he's going there. He's getting like millions of dollars to go there. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and you're coming on a free transfer, but we'll figure out some money to go to your old club. We don't know. We want to say how much. So, like, yeah, we'll see. But, like, so basically we got uh, the next five years to dream about him coming to Minnesota. We, there's yeah. A, we could always come. I, was, I still can't get over the celebration where he, like, salutes and sucks his thumb at the same time. I just, oh, weird. I don't. Okay. I don't. I can't get over that. I'm yeah, like, we're not like, signing like, that guy. Okay, um, let's take a break, and then we've got a few little things that we'll hit for the uh, for the final, the the big finale. All right, back on the fifty five one podcast. Let's hit the ending part. I forgot to bring up this little bit of news, which is that um, Miguel Ibarra was training with um, San Diego Loyal with uh, with his. Ex Loons buddies, uh, Colin Martin and Jack Blake, uh, under the tutelage of Landon Donovan. And I had kind of said, Oh, hey, it looks like he's been signed there. And then um, it, it was pointed out to me, perhaps by a certain player who might have been that actual person, that um, he was just training there. But he was, he did play now in a, in a preseason friendly. Um, with them and set up, had a great uh, cross from the left wing for Jack Blake to put away. Um, so anyway, I don't know if he's going to be there. That'd be great. I'd love to see Miguel and Miguel scoring goals for, for Landy Cakes. Is this, is this the, the birth of Ibarra watch then? We're always watching about him, man. I know. But I, but I want to know which trialist number he is because like San Diego loyal tweeted out like their numbers and like, is he five? Is he one? Is he three? Just so we can follow up, whatever. Yeah. You probably definitely could not just look on Twitter for that. Why? <laughs> All right. We've got, we only have two questions this week. Um, Steve Lindley uh, says, what's the best fancy coffee shop place in St. Paul? I like Quixotic in Highland Park, uh, but I'm curious if there's better options. Steve wanted to know this, I think, because he's ferrying around. He's got, are they... They're probably yeah. They're almost a year old twins. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe they're that old because pandemic, and I didn't realize that time passed. Uh, pandemic babies. Do you guys have any uh, nominations for for places that he can take his children? Um, yeah, I always rep my West Seventh neighborhood and Cafe Astoria. They um, their coffee's great, but their crepes are amazing. So if you can get Ooh. good coffee with a crepe, oh, it's and they do savory and sweet. They're so good. Cafe Astoria, yeah, it's over. It's um, it's uh, basically right near Grand and West Seventh. It's across the street from the Hope Breakfast Bar, um, right there, on um, kind of on Grand Avenue. 
Yeah, it's, I think it's one eight zero Grand Avenue. That's their address. Yeah, um, they're great. Um, otherwise, uh, five watt in the Kagan case is fantastic, and my like walking to the coffee shop, uh, Cladock Coffee also has some great coffee. So that's my West Seventh picks. Uh, those were going to be my recommendations for the the downtown ish contingent, but um, I'll I'll rep the east side a little bit and say Sweet Hollow Cafe is a nice little oh, they place have to go good, and grab some coffee and, and their and grilled cheese breakfast. for lunch is so good. Yeah, there's I think it's a, there's also a, what uh, Cadence, which is also on the east side mm-hmm. record store there too. So I recommend Cadence shops. like if you're on if you're on that area like. They make decent coffee, and you get to dig for records. Like they have like a dollar bin records. I've and never all that been stuff. to that so, place. All right, there we go. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's I'm really learning. Cool. Yeah, if you want to go, let me know. That's uh, when Santi got into record players right before Christmas. Yeah, he got really into like this old record that I bought the girls um, years ago when they were little. So it's one of those chipmunk sings the holiday songs, right? Christmas, so, Christmas time is here. So you gotta uh, yes. Um, so then, and so Rodrigo, then, I went I, to Cadence to get more records that, from from the album and the Chipmunks. You got to get those vintage get gin blossoms. No, Rodrigo, I think I have an album for you. I have um, a Chipmunk Sing <laughs> punk rock albums oh album. It's so good. Was it? I, I think there's an I Love Rock and Roll on there, like a cover of the Chipmunks oh, doing I Love on, Rock and Roll. Hold on, Chipmunks punk. I think if I just play this, it'll it'll we'll we'll play it live on the uh, <laughs> Chipmunks punk. Album. All right. See if I can find this on YouTube. I'm just going to put, put random one. It's going to be oh. great when there's like a Volkswagen yeah. ad right in front of it for yeah. 20 minutes. Pause <laughs> for the other. No, your TV set doesn't need fine tuning. It's Chipmunk <laughs> Punk, the smash album of the year. Simon, Theodore, and Alvin bring you their fantastic versions of today's top hits. Just listen. It's, it's doing the thing where, where Zoom is canceling out the music for all of us, so it's just oh, last jamming yeah. to the chipmunks. Oh. Let's all pretend. Did, uh, has anyone Laps been to Coots? Has anyone been to Coots in St. Paul? No, no, but um, no. let's let me go. Hold on, let me jump in now. Wait, right. how'd you forget about Groundswell? Groundswell is a good. Well, I didn't spot. get to go yet. Well, that's because I go before you. All right, Groundswell obviously is the midway one. It's a, it's one of the best. You, um, but Copland's down on Marshall is a, a fantastic. I think they probably make the best coffee that I've ever had. They also just like don't brew coffee. They're like, well, if you want coffee, I'll, we'll just make an americano for you. Which I, I just respect to the like, fuck it, we're not going to dr- brew anything for you. Um, and they also apparently said they've got um, Peru Norte. Um, in their lineup, that that I'm, I went to their Facebook page because I was not sure if they were still open, but I think they are. Looks like they are. Um, that's a lot for you there, Steve. Uh, good luck with those twins. Uh, you got another good solid year and a half before you're out of the woods. Mark Slater, I'm gonna just mispronounce your name. Last season, the Loons struggled to create chances when uh, Reynoso was off the pitch. Given that he gets fouled so much. And we'll be rested for certain games. <laughs> well, hold on. That's an assumption that you're making. Even if he's healthy, how can United... Con- so the question is, how can they consistently create chances when he's not there? When he wasn't there, we used Molino. Right now, who do we have to, to create? 
I think I think that's when you move to the four three three. And but but in, in all seriousness, oh I, think, I think Bruce McGuire is going to jump is, on this podcast right now. Listen, he doesn't listen to this. Fuck it's it, fine. No, he definitely um, does not. What are you showing us? Are you, those you, are my stats about how awful the four three three is. Oh my god! It's fine. Okay, no, but I I, th- I think I this is where that. I think it's, that, it's <laughs> like chicken scratch. I think or this like, is when you when you really like it was licked into, by a cat uh, and then you wrote on it. Corey, would you like to say something? <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Um, so this is um, <laughs> got pervy real quick. Corey, would you like no, to say think, something that is I not think, pervy? I think this is I think this is where you lean into some of your more dynamic box to box eights. I think this is where Will Trap's long ball accuracy will come in. I think that's where some of that the create the, the the shape has to change. The creativity has to change coming from somewhere. And I do think it's nice that we have the depth where we could try pairing, um, you know, a haze with a trap and, you know, figuring out how Dotson's going to play and try to create a little bit of chaos in the midfield rather than playing through Reynoso. It's just, do we have other creators that will go over the top, be a little bit more direct? Um, I think that's how you do it. So Corey, I'm, I'm going to say, I, I, I love you and I, I respect your, um, your commitment. Um, but that, is a recipe for Lud on the left, Finley on the right, um, Agadello up top because Wanchope will be injured, and just pure. Oh, and Dotson's going to be our number ten. Poor, pure shit soccer. Um, it, it will be just garbage. Um, I, I want to believe as well. I want to believe that you can play a four-three-three with this team, and you can have Dotson pushing there. Um, but. Oh my God! All right. Um, anyone else have any? I mean, I guess I would say Lude can play as a number ten um, for for Finland. We didn't talk about Finland. Um, they had a pretty good uh, international break. Um, Lude plays as a ten, as a second striker there, um, d- or just guy near the other near um, Puki, and um, I think that he could he could be in that uh, role. Especially if you f- actually have a left wing player, um, I will say that um, if you ever look at the Finland lineups when they're announced, when Schuler was starting, and Schuler has a great like uh, five o'clock shadow beard going right now that is extremely sexy. Go go check it out. He is but, looking um, very good. But if you I, I look, I, yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you go check out the Finland uh, Twitter Twitter account. When they announce the lineups, you can just see like it's just comment after comment, which is like Schuler. Oh God, no Schuler, and it's all in Finnish, right? You just have to. It's everyone's complaining about Schuler starting, which is just just rough for a very, very sexy man. We lost a lot of sexiness when he left. I mean, he wasn't very good for us, but you know, we lost a lot, especially when he was playing that inverted left winger. Yeah, I mean, we should probably invert all of our central midfielders. Yep. I mean, do you do you, do you think Hayes can step in into that situation? Like, As an inver- I, I inverted, I, shitty used or poorly used um, midfielder in the, on the left wing. Sure. I mean, I feel like any of our central midfielders could be poorly used on the left wing. Yeah, I mean, I mean if that's what we're used to doing, it just Dot- Dotson is the uh, Dotson is. We've talked about this before. Dotson is the the best option there because he has actually played wide, but. Um, I'm gonna call call it quits. This is this is the end of the podcast, comrades. Um, no Hansen. So, oh, we've got Hansen. Yeah, you forget about him. No, huh? we talked about him last week when he signed. I know. 
Oh, no. oh, that he could play out there. Lou's going to be our playmaker. Um, be fine. The big thing yeah. is that Patrick Weah scored a goal as well in that beating of mm-hmm. Chaz. That's right. He's, All right. Our, he's our starting striker. Starting nine, this day is one. The, the end of the podcast, kids. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Um, join the 55 uh, Patreon Slack so that you can uh, get your vaccine from Cristiano because yeah, he'll, he'll apparently hook you up. So, And your Paramount streaming network. Yeah, yeah, and, and all, all your all your stolen pirated shit. Okay, adios. <laughs> <laughs>